Good morning, friends. Today's message is Crazy Love. Uh, we are in week three of our current message series at Praise and Worship Church, and I am finishing it up today with chapter three. And we've been asking a question for three weeks. Why would God tell Hosea to marry a prostitute? Now, that's a great question, but the story isn't over yet. And that's because there are messages from the Lord, and then there are real messages from the Lord. If you study God's word, you're going to soon find out that it was not uncommon for the Lord to use visible and striking symbols with his prophets uh, to reinforce emphatically very important messages. I mean, the Israelites were a bunch of slow learners whose hearts quickly hardened. So they needed all the help they could get so that they could understand just how sinful they were. So God used people and some pretty strange signs to get their attention. Let me give you just a few examples. Uh, He told the prophet Jeremiah to buy a belt and then bury it. And after a period of time, he dug it up and the belt was useless. And the message was that because of their sin, Israel was going to be useless. They'd be destroyed as well. Ezekiel was used as a sign as much as anyone. He was told by the Lord to eat a scroll. He ate it and it tasted as sweet as honey, which was a symbol that Ezekiel was to fully digest the word and the message from the Lord. Later, the Lord told Ezekiel to make a a model of the city of Jerusalem, and then he was to lie tied up next to that city model one day for every year of Israel's sin. This was a visible prophecy that Jerusalem would be besieged. Later, Ezekiel had an even more difficult message to deliver uh, that was prophesied in a more challenging way because the Lord allowed his wife to die, which was to be a symbol of how the Lord was going to allow his dear city of Jerusalem and the temple to be destroyed. So you see, extreme sin by the Israelites called for extreme messages from the Lord. The Israelites needed to somehow understand the gravity of their sin. Now this morning we hear once again about the Lord using another visible and striking message. And it's another extreme message because of Israel's extreme sin. You know, I've often wondered what it would be like to be a prophet back in that time of Israel's history. The time is about 750 years B.C. The kingdom of Israel had been kind of ripped in two. Uh, The land of Israel in the north, the land of Judah in the south, and Israel was, uh, they were off the rails, going off the deep end with their sinfulness, and Judah in the south seemed to be chasing them to see who could be worse. And so difficult circumstances, these were difficult circumstances for proclaiming the word of God, but that was only the start of Hosea's difficult mission and message because He told him in chapter 1, Go take to yourself a wife of whoredom and have children of whoredom, for the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. Now, you probably heard three words you never expected to hear in a sermon before, whoredom. But this is a story about God's radical, crazy love. It's to be an extreme message against the extreme sins of Israel. The prophet Hosea was told to marry an adulterous prostitute because their marriage was to be a symbol of God's or of Israel's relationship with the Lord. Now, God loved his people, but they had committed spiritual adultery. They spiritually cheated on the Lord, and Hosea's new wife, Gomer, was to remind them of that. You talk about an extreme message. But that was not the end of the difficult yet clear message through Hosea and Gomer. God told them what to name their children. Now, the first boy they called Jezreel, named after a city where there was a horrible massacre took place. Now, imagine, I mean, calling your kid that name. It would be kind of like naming your children today Twin Towers or COVID-19 or Pandemic. 
a tough name to be carrying around. The other two kids were named by the Lord as well. The daughter was Lo Ruhamah, which means not loved, because Israel would no longer be loved by the Lord. The third child, a son, Lo Ami, which means not my people, because they would not be God's people anymore. Now, imagine being the father of those three kids. You're told by God to marry an unfaithful prostitute. You're to name your children, not love, not my people. Just imagine bedtime saying, good night, not my people. Uh, Good night, not loved. But this was meant to be yet another extreme message to catch the attention of the Israelites who had committed extreme sins. The people had been unfaithful to the Lord. Their sinful and unbelieving hearts were leading them to where they would no longer be loved or be the people of the Lord. So what happened with this message? Well, quite honestly, the people did not listen. They continued their sinful ways. They continued to commit physical adultery with whomever they wanted. They continued to commit spiritual adultery by worshiping false gods. They continued to lie to each other and cheat others in the marketplace. They continued to have priests that were nothing but dirty, rotten scoundrels. They were, they were still unfaithful. And what about Homer, or Hosea and Gomer? Well, Gomer continued her earthly ways. Uh, Hosea showed love to his wife, who had a sketchy past, but she fell back into the same sinful lifestyle, the same old sins all over again. Now, this is where we pick up chapter 3. The Lord comes to Hosea with yet another striking task that would deliver a striking message. It's a message I would call crazy love, because it, it makes absolutely no sense that God would love us this much or that Hosea would love his whoring wife that much. But this is what he says in Hosea 3, verse 1. And the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisins. Now, I kind of kind of take a sideways jaunt here. Now, I love a good oatmeal raisin cookie. <laughs> and if you're going to serve me bread pudding, make sure it's got raisins in it. But this is not what we're talking about here. If you jump back to Jeremiah seven eighteen, it explains this. It said, The children gather wood, the fathers kindle fire, the women need dough to make cakes for the queen of heaven. Now, this is a pagan god. In fact, the whole family is involved in making these cakes for these pagan gods. And it says, They pour out their drink offerings to other gods to provoke me to anger. Now, these cakes they were making, these sacred raisin cakes, were used as offerings to false gods. So again, what a striking message. The Lord was going to teach both Hosea and Israel and us a lesson in crazy love. Even though Gomer had cheated and went back to her whoring days, Hosea was to take her back. And he was not supposed to just cohabitate or just make do with Gomer. He was to truly love her. True, real, faithful, crazy love. This love from Hosea was to be a sign and symbol of the Lord's faithful love. Even though Israel still did not listen to him, He still loved his people with real, faithful, crazy love. So he listened, and we're told in verses 2 and 3 that he bought her back. Imagine her her wife running off and living with another man, and he had to pay a few pieces of silver and a couple of bushels of barley. A couple commentators I looked at said, you know, 30 shekels is about $8.79. It's the price of a slave. And in fact, it's, it's kind of some people say it's a half price slave. And yet Hosea redeemed her. And I hope that sounds familiar. Someone else who redeemed us from the slavery to sin. And then he brought her home and told her in love 
you need to live with me. You need to dwell as mine for many days. Now, there's an indefinite period of time, but it's long enough to fully restore that marriage relationship. He said, you, not, you shall not play the whore or belong to another man, and so will I also be with you. In other words, this was to be a monogamous relationship. Now, this time of purification, however long it took, this time which would hopefully bring about a longing for each other is much like what God says in verse 4 of this chapter. For the children of Israel shall dwell many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or pillar, without ephod or household gods. This message was loud and clear. Israelites are going to be punished for their sins. Their land would be destroyed. They'd be taken off into captivity. And yet God would still love them and would still bring them back. The intention was that this whole event would somehow lead them to repent of their sin and realize this faithful, crazy love of the Lord. And this is what verse 5 is talking about. It says, And afterwards the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king, and they shall come in fear to the Lord and to his goodness in the latter days. See, this was the ultimate visible and striking message from the Lord. It was the ultimate lesson in crazy love. Now, certainly every married person appreciates the concept of having a faithful spouse. We know how terrible and painful it is when one is not faithful to the other. I mean, how much hurt and pain it can cause. And using that parallel, imagine just how upset God must have been with the people of Israel. Time after time, they rebelled against him. They worshipped the golden calf in the desert during the time of Moses, even though they could actually see the presence of God, the Shekinah glory at the top of Mount Sinai. They worshipped Baal and Asherah. They offered raisin cakes to the Canaanite gods, and some even sacrificed their children to the false god Molech. They struggled with sexual sins over and over again. They were greedy. Uh, their leaders were corrupt. There was sin after sin, spiritual adultery after adultery after adultery. And so God had every right to spiritually divorce himself from those people, dooming and damning them to an eternity in hell. And yet he did not. Instead, the Lord showed them true, real, faithful, absolutely crazy love. Can you believe that? Can you believe the crazy, faithful love of the Lord for his people? Can you believe the faithful love of the Lord for us? Can you, do you realize God is actually crazy about you? He loves you that much. But are we much different than Israel? Now, I know some of you might say, well, I've never worshipped a golden calf. I really didn't know what, I don't know what Baal and Asherah even are. I don't, I'm not familiar with Molech. But you know, we worship a lot of other things. We worship the almighty dollar. I mean, many people do almost anything for money. They'll work until they're sick. They'll work so much that they ignore family and friends. Uh, they find shortcuts, loopholes, all kinds of things. And surely no one can say that any culture in all of history has succumbed to the temptations of sex like America. It's everywhere. I mean, every movie you see, every television show you watch, it seems, every best-selling book or magazine, every commercial, every web page, every junk email, they're all filled with temptation. I don't know if you know what the number one song is right now. I, I'm not going to, I'm just going to tell you, it's spelled W-A-P. I'm not going to go any deeper than that, but it is absolutely horrible. And if that's not bad enough, Netflix, which a lot of people subscribe to, put together a program called Cutie Pies, which I can't put it any other way, it's child porn is taking young 10, 11, 12-year-old girls and grooming them. Uh, but enough about that. Friends, we need to be honest with ourselves. Don't hold anything back. 
Don't sugarcoat things you have done. We are all no different than unfaithful Gomer or Israel. We have committed sin after sin after sin. We have committed spiritual adultery after adultery after adultery. And God would have every right to spiritually divorce us, dooming and damning us to an eternity in hell. Now, I'm going to have a little side jaunt here because when I wrote that word damning in my manuscript, a word suggested I changed that word damning. It said this language may be offensive, but I think we need to be offended by our sin. Because this extreme message is about extreme sin. It's not just for the Israelites. God's eternal word spans 2,700 years, reaching all the way to us in the 21st century, giving us a striking message about the seriousness of our sin, your sin, my sin. Yet at the same time, the striking message and lesson in crazy love shown by Hosea de Gomer, which parallels God and Israel, also applies to us as well. We are totally helpless, hopeless, and lost in our sins. But that's exactly who Jesus came for, lost people. Maybe you remember reading in your Bible how the Pharisees were making fun of Jesus for hanging out with sinners. Now, in response, Jesus told them the parable about the lost sheep. He indicated that he would go to any length to save one of his lost sheep. And indeed, Jesus did. Now, Jesus just didn't come to seek the lost. He came to save the lost. And again, we can relate to the pain and anger that's involved if one spouse is unfaithful to the other. Yet Jesus has shown us his unfaithful bride, true, real, faithful, and crazy love. If you go to Ephesians chapter 5, Paul talks about husbands and wives and say Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now his love for the lost was so great that he didn't just say he loves us. He didn't just take us back and give us another chance. He actually showed love for us. By dying for us. See, Jesus' love to the lost, and friends, put your name in there. It is so faithful that he's even willing to take our sins on himself. He's willing to suffer for what we deserve. He's willing to take the guilt that we deserve. He's willing to face death and hell that we deserve. See, the true story about Hosea and Gomer took place 2,700 years ago. It's an extreme message meant to wake up those Israelites from their extreme sin. And at the same time, it's an extreme message that highlights the extreme faithful love of God. Now, three millennia later, this message has not changed. Even better, God's crazy love has not changed. No matter what you or I have done, no matter how bad our sins, no matter how many sins, God's love is faithful. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. That means that Jesus came to seek and to save you. He came to save me. So continue to fulfill the prophecy in Hosea. We look at verse 5. It says, And when they realize that, they shall come in fear or trembling to the Lord and to his goodness in the latter days. Now this weekend, hundreds, maybe thousands of churches, thousands of people participated in a time dedicated to prayer and repentance. Today is what's called in America Repentance Sunday. It was organized and endorsed by leaders from a lot of churches and ministries. But this today, this Sunday is also Yom Kippur, which is the Jewish Day of Atonement, uh, among the most sacred days of the year in the Jewish calendar. For the church, it's an opportunity to practice what Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3 require, a return to our first love, to seek forgiveness for personal and corporate sins, to not only confess them, but to repent of them. Friends, Scripture is clear 
that for a nation experiencing division and calamity, and boy, if that's not us today, I don't know who it is, the first step for us is repentance. And repentance is something we often talk about, but rarely outside of church, and rarely do we actually do it. We're pretty good at confessing and saying I was wrong, but we're not very good at repenting, turning around and by the power of the Spirit going the other way. Friends, it's always a time to fall before the Lord in thanks and praise to give him your all. Give him your best. Be faithful in your love for him, for his love, his crazy love. It's always been there, and he will always be perfectly faithful to you. Now, I'm going to leave you with a very simple challenge. If you can wrap your head around the crazy love of God exhibited in the first three chapters of Hosea, if you understand the depth of his love for you, then share that love with someone else. In Jesus' name. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, and feel the passion.